and amen. So good morning to you again. This morning as we begin to share hearts and minds, we want to turn this time over to you. Over to you guys this morning. I always like to ask the worship team each time we come together and we meet, tell me, how are you this week? What have you done? What is God doing? What would you like to see God do? What is the Spirit saying? And I'm sure a lot of you like to approach this probably in your small groups and things like that. In just a short while, Constance is going to read a scripture about just that testimony and sharing that. My prayer this morning is that God would move on many of your hearts. Now, not everybody is like me, you know, loves to get up and talk in front of people and just, you know, do this. It can be a little debilitating and crippling at times. But here's the thing. If God has done something, if God has done something in your life, or if there's just something you want to share with the body this morning or something you want us to be in prayer with you for, please feel free to come and share what God has laid on your heart. Amen. So if the question lingers why you should testify or why we have moments like this where we can share about God's goodness, um, we need but just look to the word. So if you look in Revelations uh, chapter 12, verse 11, the word says that they have overcome, they being the children of God, have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies. And so it says they have past tense, it's written, and it's already done. And we have the invitation to walk into that and accept that through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us and through the story that might be sitting on your heart this morning is a path to victory, is a path to freedom, to walk in the goodness that God has for us. That breakthrough might be for you, or the story that you have to share might be for a brother or sister who's going through the same thing that you're going through, or who may not even realize that when they wake up tomorrow, they'll have a new reality that's the same as what you've been through this year. So we just invite you to prayerfully consider what God might have for you to share. Thank you, sis. So not only is testimony, like she said, for us, but it is those for our community, our family, our friends, those around us. And you're probably wondering, why that table of beautiful rocks there? You're probably not wondering just like that, but I'm sure some of you did look and say, oh, that's strange. And then there are probably some of you who, who saw that and said, I think I've seen that before, right? And the truth is you have, because I would say probably four, maybe about four years ago on a testimony Sunday, much Sunday just like this, I had the opportunity to share my testimony. Now, some of you know that, some of you don't know it. Um, it is not something that I share freely because as my good friend Shana says, not everybody is capable of carrying the weight of our stories. And that's just the truth of that. And so that particular Sunday when I should not have been here at church, I should have been in California, uh, I was sitting maybe about five rows from the back, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, you'll share your testimony today. And I said, wait, what? Wait, what? I said, God, that was not, you'll share your testimony today. And I said, God, I can't do that. You'll share your testimony. And the last time the Holy Spirit spoke that, I was probably about midway down the aisle already before I realized that 
so I'm out here. Like, I'm out here bad. Like, there's no turning around now. My legs were like concrete as I was trying to slowly get towards the front. Because here's the thing about testimonies. When people feel like they know you, you're good there until you start exposing things and sharing things about yourself. And all that changes in a moment, right? And so that's what that was. That was fear. That was um, shame, 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 all that stuff. Shame, shame. So I, I came up. Some of you will get that reference. I came on up and Peter, my good friend Peter was standing there. And he had just shared this portion of scripture in the Old Testament about how God would say to the saints of old, to the prophets of old, when I have done something, build me an altar in remembrance. Build an altar so you can remember what it is that I've done. He did it with Elijah, the prophets of Baal. He did it with Jacob and Esau when God delivered Jacob from the hand of Esau. He did it again when he was on the mountain. Did it again with Moses and the Ten Commandments. There's many, many examples that the Bible cites about God saying, build me an altar. Because sometimes we have amnesia. And we've, come on somebody. We have amnesia and we forget the goodness of what God has done. God could do something on Sunday and Monday morning we wake up. God, where are you? What did you do? Don't you just remember that? I told you to build me an altar so you can remember so Peter gave this rock to me after, after I'd shared said testimony and was a blubbering mess and he was a blubbering mess and just kind of the way it goes. And I will never forget the feeling of freedom because he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That happens when you share testimonies. It exposes the enemy, tells of his lies, brings it all to the light and you do not have to be held in bondage by that anymore. Amen. So I do want to bring Peter up this morning to share his own testimony. Maybe not testimony. Maybe just share a little bit of the last few months or so. Um, I believe that most of you are probably here just because you heard he was here. And so you wanted to hear what it is that he had to say. And that's all right, too. <laughs> that's okay. We missed him, right? We did. And so can we celebrate him as he comes? Come on and celebrate him. Love you, man. got a chance to greet some of you guys this morning and when I greeted Bridget over there she said welcome home welcome back and we say around here at New Community that home is uh, not a physical place it's a place where you feel like you belong home is a place where you feel like you're known People love you, despite your flaws. 
Home is that place that you miss because you know that there's a community. Let's walk through some hard things and are committed to journeying with you. So it's good to be home. My wife said this morning as I was walking out, whatever you do, don't cry. So I'm going to try not to. Uh, I'm not going to share long this morning. Uh, Talk to our leadership team. I'm going to do that sometime into this month, but not today. Today, I was given three to five minutes to say a couple of words. Uh, Thank you, church. Not many pastors get the gift of being able to get away for seven months to rest, to heal, to reflect, to repent. And I was given the gift for seven months to do that by this church community. And I will forever be grateful for that gift. Thank you. Thank you also, church, because I heard amazing things about how many of you stepped up, how many of you grew, how many of you took leadership, how many of you loved this church like you'd never done before. Thank you for doing that. It's an enormous gift to me as a pastor to hear what this body, this family did. Thank you. There were times in 16 years that I've pastored this church where I wondered, does anybody care about this church as much as I do? And you answered that emphatically the last seven months. So thank you. Thank you. Two things, and then I'm done. Um, I would hope that some of you would come up and share, even though you're still in the midst of some incredibly difficult things, and here's why. The last seven months for me has been incredibly difficult in a lot of ways. But the reason why I need to remember the last seven months or the last year is because even though I'm still in the midst of, just like you, in the midst of financial or physical or marriage or relational hardship, I need you and I need me to remember that in the midst of that, God was there. That even in the midst of it, and even though it's still not over, that there is a community that loves you. That even though you're still going in the midst of it and you're not, I've been there, done that, and things are good, that you could stand here and say, I actually grew from it, and I'm grateful for that. We don't like just celebrating, I've been there, done that, and now I'm victorious testimonies around here. We actually like testimonies that say, I'm still in the midst of it, but man, I am grateful that God is with me. And lastly, We do this just about every year because I don't know about you, but I do the whole, 
universalize my experiences. Here's what I mean. When I feel like God isn't with me, when I feel like God is distant, when I feel like God hasn't answered my prayer, I fall into this trap of what I've experienced, everybody must experience. So all of a sudden, language like this creeps in, right? God can't, God won't. It'll always be like this. And I'm awakened to a different reality when I sit in a room like this and someone goes up and shares the exact same thing that I'm going through and they say, God is with me. And I am in a small way broken out of this prison of universalizing my experiences. And I need that from you today. And we need that from each other today. It's good to be home. I'm a little shyer than I was seven months ago. (laughs) So don't overwhelm me today, but please come up and say, hey, will you do that? Give me a hug. If you're in the kissing culture, give me a kiss, like right here, okay? (laughs) I've missed you. Thank you, Peter. So much like that. We have a microphone here for you. As the Spirit leads you, just come on up and share. We ask that you would keep it to about three to five minutes or as the Holy Spirit moves you. Um, if it seems like it's not the Holy Spirit, I'll pull your coattail. Just, it'll just be a gentle tug, but I'll do it. But as people are up here and you feel like God has given you something to share, I ask that you just, uh, just take a seat right here on the front row there to my, to my left. And whenever the Holy Spirit moves you, blessings. wasn't expecting to be first today, but I couldn't help about thinking about our journey. And if you don't know me, I'm Andy. Um, my wife, Stephanie, she's, uh, she's sitting there and, um, my daughter is in, uh, in Kid City right now, um, she's six and a half. Uh, we are so blessed um, to have been coming to this church. Pastor Peter married us, um, and we're very proud of the fact that we're part of this community. Um, that said, I, I feel like you know, as a community, we've 
always try to give our best to our church, to show ourselves, uh, you know, um, to support, to serve. Um, and sometimes that means we don't always share our pain and, and the suffering that we go through. And we were doing our devotions last night and uh, we were reading about how God doesn't give us seasons of battle. It's not seasons of battle or seasons of blessing. It's both at the same time. And a lot of times we have, we're experiencing two things at the same time. You know, we're experiencing love, love in our family and our church. And at the same time in the background, we're experiencing a lot of things where we're really suffering. And uh, I wanted to share with you that, you know, my wife and I, you know, we have a beautiful daughter. We lost our daughter, Skye, um, a year and a half later. And that was very painful. That was something we did not share very much with a lot of people, but something that we live with every day. And since that time, we've been trying to have children. And it hasn't been successful. It's been a long journey. Thank you. Four to five years, four years now. And we've done everything humanly possible. We've gone to doctors and they can't explain why. And now um, we, uh, we've had uh, several chances um, with, uh, through our doctors to do um, fertility treatments. And uh, so far we've had four unsuccessful tries and now we have our fifth is going to happen in a couple weeks or so. And the one thing we haven't asked you, church, is to share this burden and pray for us. And even though it may not be successful, God has still been good to us. And we're just asking for your forgiveness and uh, just your comfort and helping us through this and just ask for your your prayer and God's work through you uh, to just help us through this and I really I really wanted one of these rocks <laughs> so so thank you for letting me share and thank you for my wife for letting me share because it's not easy but we know that God is good and he blesses us. So thank you. Hey church family, I'm Tim, this is Christy. We've got uh, four beautiful kids and um, just want to talk a little bit about what this year has been. Um, coming up uh, next weekend, 
will mark a full year that I lost my father unexpectedly. And even, even last week as um, the Bishop Carlton Coleman was, um, <laughs> as he was ministering, um, and if you were here, he was talking a little bit about his year. And, and it's like, I resonated with it because his year sounded a lot like mine. He lost a loved one, um, someone very close to him. Someone else very close to him was very sick. Same thing happened to me, had issues on work, at the job. So our, our years seemed pretty identical. And as I, as I think over the year, and even reflecting back to a year ago when I'm in the hospital and I'm looking down at my father's lifeless, lifeless body. And still thinking about the words of Jesus as he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I mean, we conceptualize death, but when it's right in front of you, it's, and you so this year has been that process of remembering Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life in the midst of death. It's been hard on our family, we've been healing, but we still have a long road to go, especially some mem family members, particularly one, one specifically my younger brother who's just taking it much harder. And uh, it's kind of acting out in some ways. but still believing that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And we had a lot of other transitions of moving, so it was like so much was happening at one time. We could hardly breathe, it, it seemed. And then after we moved and things got settled, then we dealt with my mother-in-law, and she can share briefly about that and, and her, her health. Um. I wasn't going to share about that. <laughs> Maybe I'm supposed to. That's okay. Um, my mother's really sick um, and keeps getting sicker and um, had a cancer diagnosis this year. That was um, unfortunately not surprising to either of us or to her doctor. Um, and we are the only ones in her life. Um, she's pretty much pushed away every other family member that she's had. Um, and I think I can count two friends or people that she would call friends. Um, so there's a lot of um, challenges related to that um, that have also been a part of our year. But it connects to what I was going to say, which Andy, thank you for sharing because um, I think what her life 
shows me and what this past year has shown me is that we need community. And I was going to say thank you um, to each of you because really I see no way how we could have survived this year without all of you. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot this week in particular leading into the anniversary of Dad's passing because it reminds me of all that we were going through before moving, that's another story, but a big part of our year. Um, and how many of you supported us through that process. Um, and then, you know, like, for those of you who've experienced death, you know that that first wave of grief is so overwhelming that you can hardly, I mean, it is literally a wave. You can hardly do anything. Um, and I remember waking up the next morning, it was Sunday, and I texted one of you or both of you, because you said, how are you doing? And I was like, well, we're not okay. Uh, we can't come to church, um, but we can't be alone. Send everybody, I think is what I said. And I kind of thought like maybe the worship team, <laughs> but I translated into like everyone, like literally so many of you came and I, I can't think of um, a more powerful example of God's love for us and how you allowed him to use you to be there for us when we couldn't really breathe or do anything that normally we do every day and we take for granted. Um, and to the point of prayer, which is what I wanted to get to, what Andy said about asking for prayer, I've been really challenged this year um, to ask for prayer um, and to pray for other people. Um, when it seems um, really hard to do, I've been challenged the way to pray. But some of you said to us after his death passed that you had been praying that God would reveal himself in large ways to us. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> it was a challenge to me because it's not how I would have thought to pray for someone in this situation. And yet it was exactly what we needed and it was exactly how God responded. And literally, I mean by using all of you. I think there was one Sunday where I woke up and I was just like, okay, like this would be a great day, God, for you to show up <laughs> and you to show yourself to me in some like really tangible way because I just, I just need a reminder. And that Sunday in particular, there was like three really tangible things that God provided for us that no one could have known we needed. Carlton asked me if Tim needed t-shirts. I was like, what? Well, yes, he always needs t-shirts. Okay, do you remember that? It was so random. And I was just like, I thought that was God's answer to me. I was like, all right, t-shirts, I'll take it. <laughs> and then uh, Wendy asked me if we needed a dining room table. And yeah, we sure enough needed a dining room table. And then we received a gift, a financial gift from an anonymous person. And I've thought about why did they choose to be anonymous. In fact, the person who gave it to me said um, that she tried to convince the person to not be anonymous. Um, but I just wanted to say that was a gift. Because what it did to me was, <laughs> I tried really hard not to think about, well, who was this person? I told myself I wasn't going to do that, but I did anyway. And in doing that, I thought of at least 
20 of you who it could have been. And I stopped myself because I was like, what a fantastic community we have. And so whoever you were, Anonymous, thank you for that extra gift of your anonymity because it made me realize how much we care for each other in spiritual and very tangible, practical ways. So pray for Andy and his family and for each other. And let God use you because we couldn't have survived this year without that. I love these chances for all of us to be vulnerable with each other because I feel like um, pieces of God come out from each of us and we get a fuller picture of who he is in heaven on earth when we show each other tenderness and kindness and we have vulnerabilities that are met by the people of the church and that we are the church and I feel like that's like just a little glimpse of what heaven is like and so these Sundays are just so important um, I wanted to share my testimony today because I'm still in the midst of the struggle and I've shared a lot with the worship team over the past couple of years, but a couple of years ago I started getting really, really sick. I couldn't eat. I was losing weight. I couldn't. I was getting sick driving my son to school and I would get sick on the highway and it would put us in danger because I would be so violently ill that I wasn't driving safely. And there was blood tests and doctor's appointments and no answers and no answers and no answers. And I'm a counselor. And so I thought that I, of course, would recognize if it was mental health. But it took me almost a year to recognize that these were actually panic attacks. Where I would get so sick, I would feel like I was dying. And I would lose feeling in my hands and my feet. And I would get washes of temperatures of hot and cold. And I just felt like I should know how to deal with this because this is my job. Every day, people come to me with anxiety, depression, trauma, suicidal thoughts, all of that, and I help them. So why can't I help myself? And I didn't want it to be panic attacks because I felt weak. And I would never put that on anybody, but I put it on myself. And I couldn't admit it to myself, and because I couldn't admit it to myself, I stayed sick. And, um, and so it took me almost a year to recognize that it was even anxiety. It took me even longer to admit that I needed medication because I didn't want it. I saw it as a weakness, but it's not. There's, mental health is so complicated. It's your history, it's your childhood, it's your current environment, it's your body chemistry, it's all of that. And it took me so much to get to that point of recognizing that this was so beyond me and that medication does not mean that I'm weak. It means that my body's not working with me. And just like if I had pneumonia and I would take medication, why wouldn't I take medication for my mental health? Uh, and so it's been a really long struggle. There's been a lot of things where I haven't been able to do things like I can no longer drive my son to school because I still 
will sometimes occasionally get panic attacks. Um, and it's better. I, I went from having panic attacks three to five times a week to having panic attacks maybe once a month. Um, but I feel this haunting need to be perfect and this constant voice of you're not good enough. And there's a lot of places in my life where that comes from people and you know how I grew up and uh, just having this pressure and I just feel like these ghosts are constantly whispering to me all the time that you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're failing, you're not a good enough mother, you should be doing more. And those shoulds and the whispers, they're painful. They're really, really painful. And right now I feel very distant and very disconnected from God. But I hold on to the head knowledge that he's there and I have hope that eventually that head knowledge will become heart knowledge and I'll feel connected to him again. Uh, it's not happening right now and I just, I'm gonna keep trying and uh, keep praying and keep coming here because when I come here, this is a very, very healing place. Um, and I shared because I'm hoping that if anybody else is going through this too, to know that you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to be broken and it's okay to be imperfect. And even if you think it's not, answering back to those evil thoughts and answering back to those and saying, no, I do not have to be perfect. And if I was perfect, I would be Jesus and I wouldn't need him. <laughs> and just answer back to those thoughts and eventually, eventually, it'll sink in. Hello. Um, I'm really nervous because I forgot it was Testimony Sunday and the church, the congregation seems to have tripled in size. <laughs> um, so I am kind of nervous. Um, I do want to share something um, tremendous that the Lord did last year. Um, I'm a master's student and around springtime last year was really praying to the Lord like, God, like, you know, I have a heart for the global church. You know that I have a heart for missions. I just need a reminder of why you've called me into this specific program um, here in the city. And um, just got into contact with Mark Severson and he um, connected me with some missionaries um, that our church supports uh, here at New Community Covenant. And I was in touch with Julio and um, Katie Asaza, who some of you may know and some of you may not know. Um, they've been in Colombia for 10 years now and had actually were members of, are members of this church um, and had moved out there. Um, and at that time, uh, it wasn't the Lord's timing, and so I kind of forgot about it. Was in touch with Katie, but some months passed, and um, yeah, it was uh, springtime turned into summer, and I remember um, on my birthday, um, July 11th, um, I woke up and like the sun was like streaming in my room, sunlight, and there were birds chirping and I just um, opened my email and uh, received an email from her and it said, um, come, like we want to have you here um, for a little bit, we want you to come to visit. And I remember just being like, God, wow, like this is like the best birthday present ever. Like, I, yeah, I'm so, I, I don't know, like, I'm gonna pray about this, but I really sense that this is an open door and this is your timing. Um, that was on a Wednesday and the next day I went to my small group and I remember just sharing all of this and um, 
what is it? We were we were praying, and um, I I saw like a green light flashing, and just felt really affirmed that like God was giving me the go ahead to go visit them and to really just come and just encourage them and to learn and to just get exposure. And so um, in August, um, August 19th, for 10 days, I flew out and um, visited uh, the missionaries that we support in uh, Medellin, um, Colombia. And it was so eye-opening and it was so um, amazing to see what Julio is doing. He's currently getting a master's in peace and conflict. And um, a couple of decades ago, Medellin was known as one of the most violent um, cities in in the uh, in the world and um, just to see how the local church local missionaries are partnering with each other and really um, just I got a good glimpse of like what they do on a day-to-day basis and was just so honored to be in that space um, and was just so I felt like God was affirming um, just this deep passion that I have for the global church and missions um, and I remember I was worshiping with them at one of the churches that they attend, and we were singing from the inside out. And um, I remember the Lord telling me, Grace, I'm like Colombia, Medellin is known as like the most violent nation, like city, but I'm raising up from the inside out just a generation of peacemakers, and I want this nation to be a nation that is a peacemaker among other nations and leads and um, and I was just like, yeah, God, like you're doing that with like our simple yeses, our obedience and just willingness to let you shape our lives and really craft our stories and narratives. Um, yeah, because the one thing is like, wow, we get one life to live. And it's like, God, I want you to just, I don't want to put you in a box. I want to let you craft my story and my narrative. And it doesn't have to look like any other person's. Be as creative as you want. Um, and so I came back and was just so affirmed and just so thankful for the missionaries that we support. Um, and so I think that was the biggest thing that the Lord did for me last year. Um, and I'm just uh, so grateful. Yeah. Thank you. I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to give me the ability to do this in under five minutes. <laughs> um, so I was going to do this about two years ago. My name is Josh, by the way, Josh Lobbs. Um, my wife Heidi is here. And um, we have two little girls, um, Macy and Vivian, four years old and one years old. Um, I was going to do this about two years ago, um, but it wasn't the right time. And I was going to do it last year. And um, it wasn't the right time. But the last three years have been some of the most transformational years in my life. Um, uh, about three years ago, I, uh, <clears throat> about three years ago, I went through kind of a massive um, emotional, physical, spiritual relational breakdown um, Heidi and I had some really challenging times in our marriage um, and uh, I 
was coming to terms with many years of um, not living my life the way that I should be um, as a child of God. I was saved in high school, fell away in college, um, massive sexual sin, and um, just not living the way that I should have been. Um, and I knew that um, because a, God did have a call on my life. And at a certain point I said to Heidi, I said, you know, I wanna keep living the way that I'm living because I like it and it feels good and this is what I wanna do. Um, but I also don't wanna do that because I love God and I want to live into the call that he has on my life. And when I prayed that prayer and said those words out loud, the floodgates were opened. And um, everything changed. Um, just so we went through the emotional, healthy spirituality. And I was basically living through that book as it was happening, as we were reading through it, chapter by chapter. It was incredible. Um, had some amazing um, people in this church who at a certain at certain times just literally dropped everything, came to our house and prayed over us. And um, so over the last few years I've I've gone through a massive transformation of just trust and um, really turning things around, admitting things that I needed to say out loud, speaking them. And um, this last year um, has been kind of the most tumultuous of the three, actually. Um, I, uh, I was very successful in my career. I was doing well. I had some of the highest reviews in my department um, multiple years in a row. And then in February, I was laid off after a double bump promotion. And it, it floored me. I was just completely surprised, taken aback. I don't, I don't know. But because of the transformation that I'd had over um, the prior years, I was literally able to walk out of the building in spite of the hurt, in spite of the pain, and look up and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given me. What's the next step for me? Um, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to live into your calling on my life. And um, uh, around May, I made the. I was talking to Heidi, and I said, you know, maybe I should just go into photography. I love photography, and she's like, well, those are the times that I see the happiest is doing that, and. Um, so I'm a graphic designer by trade, um, and she's like, let's figure out a way to make that happen, and that was Mother's Day weekend. Um, I had been looking for work for a while, full-time, and it just wasn't seeming to come around. And um, so literally that week, um, that weekend, um, Heidi's dad affirmed me, and he's an entrepreneur, and said, I think you should do it, I think you should go for it. And um, literally that following Monday, I had um, kind of an interview with a company that I had been talking to for about four or five years, and they're like, this is perfect timing. 
you're you're coming to us right at the right time. We've got a lot of work coming in. So that was affirming. And within a week or two, I had multiple affirmations like that, um, including talking to Sean Marshall um, through the Covenant Church. And he hooked me up with a company, and or not a company, sorry, a church, uh, a big church out in California. And I'm doing design work for them. Um, but the thing is, is I was unemployed through almost September. And we were... Um, almost about to not make um, all of our bills. And literally, um, everything changed um, right as we needed it. Praise God. And also in that time, um, over the summer, uh, I lost both of my grandmothers within two weeks of each other. Um, and uh, But the beauty of it is, is because I wasn't working, um, I was able to go be with them in the hospital um, in their final hours, both of them. Um, literally on the way, f at the day after my, my one grandmother died, I was driving down to see my other grandmother in uh, Indianapolis, and um, I had three calls for work come in. Um, and God kept me free so that I could be with my family during those times. And it was just an incredible... time to experience what true trust meant. Um, so I keep praying the prayer, and I encourage you to do this too. If you've got that nagging feeling that there's something in the back of your mind that's keeping you from the true calling on your life, something that's holding you back, something that's you know just isn't quite right, listen to that, pray about that. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what that is. Be careful, because he'll answer. <laughs> um, and it will be big, and it will be hard, and it will be messy. It may. Um, but surround yourself with the people here that are sitting with you right now. Open up to them, tell them, share it with them, because they will be here for you. Thank you all, those who have fed into me. I love you guys. Hello. start by apologizing. I cry a lot lately. Uh, my dad died in 2017, my brother died in 2018. And lately, things that used to just make me a little bit sad, now I'm crying. Things that used to make me cry, now I'm, I'm bawling. Uh, so at some point, I know it's going to happen. Uh, I debated coming up here. Uh, and then realize, one, my spirit saying, get up there, I should listen to that voice. And uh, it's supposed to be what the church is for, right? And my brain was kind of split. It was like, there's the, like the positive and the negative, and it's like the testimony. Should it just be the negative? I was like, no, I got to say the positive uh, too, right? So I, I do want to 
thank God, when I think about just in 2018, uh, some, some wonderful things happening. Uh, medical condition just recently diagnosed sleep apnea that I stop breathing when I sleep. So I then get a device that's supposed to help with that, but I take it off in the middle of the night, so I'm still not breathing when I sleep. And I snore, so my wife wants to sleep in a separate room. And then, a doctor for something else suggested that I look at like a permanent treatment. And I discovered, oh, you can actually have some surgery done to fix that so you don't struggle with it. So I had the first of two surgeries and second one is coming up and I'm just thanking God for like this hope that I don't have to deal with that uh, forever. Uh, my wife suggested in a couple's counseling session that she thinks she thought that I have ADD. And our couple's counselor said that he has ADD. And as he described that, it was like he was describing my life. So he suggested a psychiatrist, been seeing a psychiatrist for a while now, giving me medication and I don't think I'm fixed. Some days are good, some days are not. I have no idea what the future looks like, but I'm grateful just for this awareness. It's like, whoa, yeah, I've been struggling with this my whole life. It wasn't laziness. It wasn't procrastination. It wasn't, you know, all these things that I thought were like just personality issues. So I'm grateful to God for those things. And most importantly, I have a two-year-old boy who is the awesomest. Uh, I, daily, I, I cry like, God, why'd you give him to us? <laughs> so screwed up, like, how could you give us this beautiful boy, you know what I mean? Like, we can't handle that. But God has trusted us with him, so I'm grateful. I'm going to try to be as succinct as possible with the negative. I could talk for a long time, y'all. And I felt led to just organize it into two short statements. Um, not just, like, I don't want to talk about my struggles. Uh, like, I struggle with a lot. And my marriage is, it's a fight. But I felt led to kind of ask about us as a, as a group. Like, it's come to my attention in, in recent months. There are people in our church who have suicidal thoughts regularly. Like, there are people, there are those of us in this church who, I was moved by what Cole said, because it's like just another person I've heard share that like doubting that God is even real or like working in their lives. Um, the people in our church struggling with anxiety issues, de de depression, psychology, I'm just, I've been crying out to God like, what can we do to help? Uh, I don't know. I'm grateful for the people who have asked me, how are you doing? And I knew that they really wanted to know and I knew I could really open up to them. Thank you, Tim White. Thank you, Nate Noonan. Thank you, Matt. Um, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's a list. I'm grateful to those people that I can open up to. But I'm like, what can we do to help each other? If there are people sitting in this room right now and we might not even know, or we, we might know. So that's just been racking my brain. Uh, I said I'm going to keep it short, organized, and, and the last. Uh, I, I don't say this for anyone to like pour out pity. I, I, I don't know what this statement looks like. I don't know what what the things that come after this statement look like. And I debated even coming up here to say it. But I'm like, if I don't say it here, where can I bloody say it? Uh, my wife has said to me, uh, I don't feel connected to this church. She's like, if I don't come, nobody will notice. I'm not, not here for four weeks, two months. 
Nobody notices. Nobody would wonder where she and reach out. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know what to do with that. In fact, it's weird because it's not entirely my job. It kind of is because we're married and we're working together. But it's like, I, this has been on my heart for a while since uh, uh, she shared that. And I will stop talking. Uh, just like hearing the testimonies today has reminded me that I don't talk to people more. I don't really invest and connect with people more. And I don't pray for people more. Uh, so I... We'll try to do that more, and I ask you all to do the same. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm Shereen. I'm back. Um, every year when we've had one of these, I felt like I've needed to share, and it's a really simple testimony, but it's a, it's a testimony of um, community for myself and my husband, Anthony. We moved here four years ago. Um, moved from San Diego, I moved for work, and um, had no family, had no friends, and when I think about that time, um, it's the loneliest time of my life, and it was really hard, um, and I, I think about where I am today, just thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, just overwhelmed with gratitude for what God has provided in these last four years. And I don't ever want to underestimate um, what he's done in and through us and what he's done through this church. Um, I mean, I think it's just amazing that, like, he's using me to share with you the ways that you can get plugged in. Uh, and that was one of the things that we did immediately when we started coming here. It was like, okay, we know absolutely no one. We have no, nothing planned because we just moved here. Like, so let's just dive in and get plugged in. Um, and that was what we did. And... I signed up for a prayer retreat. I was like, I don't know, I'll just go. And I was connected with a beautiful friend, Anna, that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Maybe I would have, but just so grateful that these little things that made me uncomfortable, um, I listened and I responded. Um, so just, and I know that this is like so ridiculous, but like, honestly, take the things in your bulletin, like, do it. Do it. Because um, that was one of those things where I'm like, I don't need to go. Like, should I really go? And then I did. Um, but it's been that response of like, even if it feels like the motions, even if it feels like something like, oh, the church is asking me to do this, I'll just do it. Just do it. Honestly, like, if you're sitting back feeling like, God, no one knows me. And I, you know, like, Shasta, what you just said, like, would that, that breaks my heart because I love Ellen. I love her. And I do notice her. Um, and that's also, that's two ways, guys. You have to be committing to people here, and they are going to commit to you. And so I'm really thankful for the ways that God has provided people in our lives, and he has provided ways for us to give back. And um, if I ever doubt the impact that I've made, I know that you guys will affirm us in the ways that we've been able to support you, too. So just all the glory to God for what he's done here. I, I feel like the depth and the breadth of his love for us has been made so much greater because of you and because of the mission of this church. So thank you.
morning, church. Um, I feel like I've been on this side of the stage more often this year than I would ever want. <laughs> um, and just want to acknowledge that, I don't know, I feel really anxious. Um, um, but I feel like that's the story of my Christian life. Like, I don't want to do something, God. And God's like, do it anyway. And I'm like, okay, let's do it anyway. Um, yeah, I just want to testify to God doing good things. And I want to bear witness to it. Um, and I feel like... I don't know, for us women who went to the women's retreat, like, do it afraid, right? Just do it afraid. Um, I usually, standing on the side of the mic, or the stage, like, recently this past year, feel like I've been championing the story of our church or trying to invite us into that. But today I want to share just my personal story as it relates to our church. Um, Two years ago, I feel like I was in a very different place. Um, I've been part of this church almost eight years now. And I was, I've always been really connected through my small group that I started about eight years ago. And I love them, and it's been kind of what has kept me connected to this church. Um, but I've never, in the past eight years, I've never been as involved in our church and beyond our small group. Um, and it's, so rewind, it's like years ago, I'm, you know, I'm some years ago, you know, 30 something years old, and I've had a lot of church experience growing up, um, and I've also had a lot of hard church experiences. And I've had, um, I carry a lot of church baggage, I think, from, and I, I want to acknowledge that the church that I left before coming to Chicago, I left really peacefully and, and graciously, and I, and I still bless it, and I still am able to visit, but it still, like, has lo- long-lasting effects of what hurt, um, and I think something that just has always stuck to me in the past decade is this feeling of, like, can I really show up with my whole self? Um, so for many years in this church, I've been intentional about being in this middle space where I'm not, like, I'm involved enough where I don't feel like a consumer, <laughs> but I'm like not so involved that I'm going to really get hurt. Um, and I felt like I just left in this middle space also because I think in the time I've just holding this like underlying grief about how grief about my relationship with church in general. Um, also just seeing a lot of friends leave church over the years um, for good, um, for understandable reasons. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, so I just was holding this for a long time, and then um, four years ago, I gave birth to a baby and realized life was really different, and I need people who actually could speak into what parenting would be like, and started getting, I was like, I just need mom friends. <laughs> and so making some mom friends, which are, was just really important, and um, I, used to, I, used, I recently came across this quote that said, like, community is created, not discovered, and I just really felt like it was a lot of that creating of community with new people, because um, um, at that time my small group didn't have any other moms um, in the time. And I think the other uh, quote I've heard recently is like, deep friends are about sharing the same truth. And so I think time also sharing some of that, like experiencing what life felt like as a parent. Um, but I just want to highlight this particular past year. I feel like this past year God has been opening specifically in how I relate to church as a whole. Um, God just started opening other, like, little doors along the way. And I'm one of those people, I'm not, like, some people, like, jump into the swimming pool, like, cannonball, right? And I'm, like, one of those, like, put your feet in, then maybe your knees in, like, little by little. And I feel like that's how God's been, like, stringing me along this past year. And I think slowly, little by little, I've been able to believe that I may be able to show up as my whole self in church. And the gifts or skills I can practice outside of church, I can actually practice here. Um, so I just, um, 
I think I'm just thankful because I think feel like before at this at new community specifically, I always felt like this is a church that we could give and serve. But I feel like this past year, God opened up this um, belief that I could not just give and serve, but I could shape and influence. And I think that has been such a life giving thing for me because I think in the past, um, for many years, for different reasons, I just feel like there's a certain I can always help, but I can't maybe um, speak what my true like some of the deep scary not scary thoughts, but some of the deeper thoughts that I have. Um, so I th I'm just really thankful for that, and I'm really thankful for even just Pastor Zox and Pastor Caitlin, just the way that both of you have just opened up, also just allowing AI to happen, which those of you who don't know, AI is kind of a congregation-led um, strategic planning, and just the way they've given space for me even. Um, and I just think, yeah, just, I'm just really thankful for um, yeah, I just have this huge passion to imagine what church can be like. That's just kind of something that I love. And this idea of like how we can go really go deeper in the things that the church wants to say, they say we want to do and be about. And I just thank you for being allowing me to be a part of that, allowing to me to be a part of that story and allowing me to feel like I can um, be my whole self here at this church. Um, I've, I feel like Carlton, you're saying in the mist and Andy, you're saying blessings and battle is that I feel really anxious about this year and what this year holds because I'm just one of those people too like it's always like hold your breath you never know what's going to happen like but I feel like God was just saying to me this past um, month is like no celebrate celebrate right now like what you no know, all the grief that you've held about church in the past um this season of you being able to see that you're able to be your whole self here is a beautiful blessing and speak to that so thank you thank God and thank you for being a part of my story Come on, Jeff. Oh, you're good. So these will be the last two that we'll have, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up, okay? All right. For uh, those of you that don't know me, um, my name is Jeff. Uh, I've been going to this church for seven, eight years. First started in undergrad. Um, this is actually my first testimonial Sunday, um, and it's been really great to hear a lot of other people's experiences and life experiences that also pertain to mine. Um, there's like three main things that I'm gonna try to keep short. Um, the first one is about mental health. Uh, the support and the uh, outcry has been great um, to see. I've been living with depression. I, I mean, it's only been diagnosed for like three years, but for the feelings that I've had have been most of my life. Um, I use the things I use to deflect and cover that up are humor. So for those of you that know me, I love to laugh. Um, and so it's been great to hear people with that struggle. Um, I struggle a lot with fear, um, which leads to anxiety. Um, so to hear other people, you know, feel, want to be disconnected and want to be by themselves and want to be alone. Um, I've, I've also felt that, and I just want to support you guys and know that you know there are others out there who are also struggling with the same thing, um, especially uh, when you know right before Christmas break, um, when all my students are getting a little crazy uh, in middle school. So that time is just very trying because I want to be alone, but. Um, Second thing with that is uh, for year 2018, um, I became uh, a foster dad, which within itself had a lot of fears and anxiety. Um, 
but being a part um, of this church has been so supportive to hear how supportive people are of um, my family and my boys, um, who I really love. Um, I, um, when people, when I, when people see my boys and then they look at me and think, how does that work? Um, you know, I had to say, all right, well, these, these are my, these are my, these are my foster sons. These are my boys. Um, and then people come up to me and they're like, oh, you, you know, I saw that movie with Mark Wahlberg, Instant Family. You remind me of Mark. And I was like, yes and no, kind of. Um, one, of the, one of my biggest fears being in foster care is, you know, the whole goal of signing up to be a foster parent is that they go back. Um, and that's really hard. And uh, the system takes forever. It's not like an instantaneous decision. Um, you know, uh, some kids can be in the system for four to five to six years before their parent rights are terminated, and then they could either go up for adoption or phase out of the system. Um, and so, you know, people ask me, well, how do you say bye? How do you do that? And the only way I can say that is, you know, Jesus, like, he's the one that gives me um, the, the example, the, the parables, but I think also it's, it's community. Um, those who do ask, how's it going? Those who do ask updates um, on the boys. Um, so in my time, uh, we got licensed in April, and right away we were placed with uh, an infant who was two days old, and um, right away, you know, being a parent, you fall in love with your kids, like, they're everything, um, and there was a miscommunication, and he was gone 48 hours later, um, and so, you know, having gone through that, having gotten a second infant um, at day two, and raised her to five weeks, um, that's hard. And, you know, I think going through that, I know that Jesus gives me hope. That's my, that's my head knowledge. Um, gives, gives me hope, but I'm still fearful that, you know, of when that time comes, um, whenever it may be. Um, it, it could be next week, it could be three or four years down the road. Um, so with that being said, um, I do want to thank this church and thank this community for everyone who has supported me and my family and me and my family's decisions. Um, and for those of you who do ask, you know, how are you doing? How are the boys doing? Um, how can we help? Um, it's, it's been great to hear and hear people want to support, be like, oh yeah, you know, we got an old baby monitor. Do you need a baby monitor? Ah, you know what, we're all set, but thanks for, thanks for thinking of us. Um, so um, with that being said, um, I guess one of the ways that I 
I want if people are prayer warriors, pray pray for me. Is to um, is to pray for peace every day, knowing that okay, today is another day. Today I'm going to be a father, and that could change tomorrow. But being peace with what's going to happen that day. So thank you. Hi, my name is Jacqueline. So crazy to be up here because I have like some friends visiting from other places like work and stuff. So it's really weird to be sharing in front of you guys. But um, I have only been here for like a year and a half. I moved to Chicago and pretty quickly came to this church. And then when I moved here, there was like this really big, nasty cancer in my life, um, like metaphorical cancer in my life. And when I got here, it had like it, it got to the point of rupture and spilling out and just like poisoning everything. And, and I was at just, you know, hard times, hard times, hard times. Um, and first of all, one of the reasons I'm up here is because I just owe such a debt of gratitude to Pastor Caitlin and Pastor Zachs. Um, I didn't really know them before uh, I reached out and they are unbelievable. Their love and support and steady constancy is unreal <laughs> so unbelievable um but anyway so like at that time uh it was at a place where like every day i woke up and first thought was like god i cannot walk through this day without you can't make it just absolutely can't do it and he said i'm right here i'm right here i got you and i you know throughout the day, I'd be like, okay, I, I don't think I can keep going without you. And he's like, I am right here. I am right here. And I would hear him speaking. My, my kids were really into the Prince of Egypt movie at that time. And I would hear them singing that song, Deliver Us. Um, and hear like the Hebrews like crying out to God, like deliver us. And, and, I, and I knew the story. I knew like, he's there. He has got you. He's coming for you to deliver you. That's his plan. Your health, your wholeness in him is his image. He's there and he's doing it. And so through that whole season, you know, like miraculous transformation, miraculous healing, miraculous restoration, all this good stuff. But the most important thing to me is that in that time and through like so many other things, amazing small group, so many good people that I met who prayed for me and with me and lived with me and, and loved them so much. And we read Walter Brueggemann's Psalms in the Life of Faith and just like mind-blowing stuff there. But through all of that, I learned that God has covenanted himself to us. He has made his heart vulnerable to us. He needs our love. He needs our love. And that's what everything is about. It's about nothing else but our love. And I think all the time about um, the scripture where Jesus is at the table and he turns to Peter, Peter, right? <laughs> and he says, lovest thou me? He looks him in the eyes and he says, yeah, all this stuff, all this like resurrection and all this banquet and all this leadership and all this stuff that's going to happen and that's already happened. But do you love me? God is looking at us in our eyes and he's saying, I need you to love me. I love you and I need you to love me. 
And, <laughs> and I, I think it's really easy to question that or not understand that or think like, why, why me? Like, he's busy elsewhere. Like, there's people who deserve his attention way more than me. There's people going through way harder things than me. Is he even here? Is he present? Is he paying attention? Do I matter? For some reason, he covenanted himself to us, and the answer is yes. Does it make sense? It's not, I'm not worth it. You're not worth it. But the answer is yes, because he decided that that's what he's doing. And so he's always just looking to us saying, I need your love. Do you love me right now? Do you love me? Um, and just a little like, like illustration of this that I have been thinking about recently that makes me laugh. My, I have a four-year-old son and an eight-year-old son, but my four-year-old son uh, watched some Ninja Turtles, got freaked out, had a horrible nightmare with Ninja Turtle monster bad guys, and so he's like really scared right now, um, really scared. And he, like, if I'm in the room with him and I leave the room, he will jump up and he'll, like, follow me behind. And I'm like, I'll go in the bathroom, I'm getting ready or something, and I'll notice, or, like, when I take a step back, I'll, like, step on him because he's behind me because he's, he's scared. Um, and so everywhere I go, he's, like, hovering right there. And I, I like, just realize, like, that's actually how God is. Um, and not because he's scared, but because he's just, he's a hoverer. <laughs> he just like is close to us. He's that close. He's like, if we step back, we'll step on him. And he's so ready to respond. And he's so ready at every minute to be there for us and to gush his love. But first he asks us, do you love me? And that's what everything hinges on. And that's been like the most miraculous thing to me to really like learn and dwell in in the past year is just how like God is holding his bleeding heart out to us. And that, and that's everything. And, and nothing, like it doesn't matter. The hard times are, are like joyful when you can feel that love relationship with him. So I just, yeah, wanna invite you to that because it's wondrous, it's really wondrous. Thank you, Jacqueline. And thank you to all who come on up, worship team. And thank you to all who uh, who shared today. Um, most of us know that it is not easy at all to get in front of our, our friends and our family and expose ourselves in certain ways um, for whatever the reason is. And so, if that was you today. Um, just so you know, after church, there's some poster board up here and there's some post-its, some pens. If you felt like you didn't want to come and share because you were nervous or you were ashamed or whatever, you can write those things down and there will be people who will be praying for you this week, next week, and the weeks to come. Even after service is over, uh, Pradeep and Shana and Shannon and, and Kenny will be off to the wings to the side. If you need prayer, um, they'll be here and available for you. We don't do this life by ourselves, as you, as you heard here. We don't operate in silos, you know, because the truth is 
We need each other. We need each other. You know, I think it was in Genesis when God said, let us make man in our image. Started in community. It all started that way. The Father, the Son, and the Almighty Holy Spirit. Amen. So rest on your feet with me. Come on and stand up.